Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy is the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Tempest. As COO, Sean Murphy oversees Tempest operations and day-to-day functions and is critical to bringing the company's vision to life. He co-founded Tempest in 2017 with a mission to make private internet search the mainstream choice, acting on his passion for promoting personal data protection. With over 20 years of experience building and scaling businesses, Sean is well-placed to guide Tempest's growth and operations. In addition to his role at Tempest, he has also worked as Chief Operating Officer at Aptitude, an early-stage internet and technology company focused on engagement and monetization solutions for publishers and app developers. He has held various leadership positions at companies and startups, such as CNET Networks, Huddler.com, and CBS Interactive, where he was responsible for leading and growing their operational arms. Well, good afternoon, Sean. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. You bet. You're very welcome, and I appreciate you making the time. Again, we traverse the globe a lot of times, but luckily today you're hailing out of the great state of California there in San Francisco. So again, thank you for jumping on. Sean, we're going to jump directly into the questions. We want to learn a little bit about you here. You've got quite the career in sales. You're a serial entrepreneur, board member. Now you're the co-founder and chief operating officer of Tempest. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? I really wish I had some amazing sounding, grandiose answer. But the reality is, is I would say if I I try to boil it down, it would be that throughout my career, at every turn, I was constantly curious or constantly wanting to learn and constantly aware of what I was capable of, but I suppose more importantly, what I was not capable of. And that was both in the context of whatever I was doing at a given point in time, but also more broadly, you know, whatever industry I was operating within, I, I always wanted to learn something new or understand something better or gain some new skill. And just by the process of doing that, of kind of iterating my way through things, it always seemed to lead to some new opportunity, some new thing either that I now knew how to do or that I got exposed to through that 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 constant sense of discovery or active discovery. And so I suppose, you know, if I were to to say, hey, here's here's a you know an, an idea or a piece of advice or what have you, it would be that. It would be that you should constantly be a mode of of curiosity and of learning, both in the context of whatever you're doing at a point in time, but more broadly and just in your professional endeavors. Thank you. I appreciate that. And that's one of the things that we hear a lot from the guests is that insatiable curiosity really helps kind of drive things and really be the focal point in your life. Whatever you're doing, it keeps, as they say, keeping things fresh. Yes, it doesn't say, just put the words right out of my mouth, keeps it fresh. Yeah. So thank you, Sean. Sean, jumping into question two here, talk about in this increasingly data vulnerable world, there are malicious actors, foreign governments, even our own government, as we're finding out, that are vying for our personal data. Could you tell us how your platform helps protect us from all that? Sure. So I think there's there's some framing first, which is if you think about the internet in terms of what people use, let's say what what software tools, applications they use on the internet or to use the internet, a search engine and a browser are by far and away the number one thing that everyone uses. So if you're going to look for things, if you're going to navigate the internet, you're going to be using a browser and you're going to be using a search engine. And so to your question is, 
when you're using a browser or a search engine that doesn't have your personal privacy in mind, that isn't necessarily constructed to either protect your data or at the very least not collect and store it and pass along to other third parties, um, you are by definition exposed and are going to be kind of in harm's way for any bad actor that wants to come along and somehow, some way get access to your personally identifiable information, your data. And so when you use Tempest, when you use a search engine in a browser that was built by design, purpose built for privacy in the interest of protecting a person's privacy, of not collecting a person's personal identifiable information. So to kind of think of it in terms and use internet jargon to not track and store a person's IP address, which is kind of, that's our unique identifier for all of us individually on the internet. And so by using our platform that doesn't track or store or share your IP address, you're covering a huge percentage of the overall privacy pie or of the overall kind of data exposure touch points by just simply doing that. And so there are specific elements of what we're doing that are uniquely geared towards uh, protecting people's privacy and data, let's say, better than some other alternative out there. But in the basic sense, what I just explained to you is why it is that using our platform will protect you from kind of the peril of the Internet. Thank you. And that's helpful for everybody in our audience. We've got a lot of technologists in our audience, but we've got you name it from across the globe. So that helps break that down. Sean, I appreciate that. Sean, we are a tech publication platform podcast. I've been in the tech space for many, many years. So we get into a little bit of tech here, if you don't mind. You're obviously leveraging some of that new and emerging tech, right? Is there anything you might be able to share with us today? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to, to talk about and share anything that we're doing today because I'll, I'll break your question down into two parts. So on one hand, you're absolutely right that we are we are leveraging both new and existing technologies. And I think more importantly is that we are creating our own custom and I say bespoke solutions around existing technologies. So a for instance would be in order to remain private within a search engine slash browser experience, having something that blocks fingerprinting, that, that disables or what's commonly referred to as anti-fingerprinting built into the solution means that a person's uniquely identifiable information is not going to be fingerprinted and then used for retargeting purposes for every single website they go to subsequent to that. And so that's something that we have created on our own in-house that we layer on top of the kind of the core architecture that we take from Microsoft. In addition to that, we've created what we call a privacy report card. And so this is less about specific or bespoke technology and more about informing people of, hey, the website that you're about to go to has this many trackers and uses this kind of blockers and has this kind of cookies and so on and so forth. And so you start to inform the people, you inform the users of what they're about to do and where they're going and where they may be exposed to potential data gaps or potential infringements of their privacy. I think the, the the other part is more what is the the big buzzword today, and that is AI or generative AI or the companies like OpenAI and the products like ChatGPT. That's kind of what everyone's talking about today and everybody has an opinion about. The reality is, is that it is so new as a technology in as far as 
the use cases that it can really provide for. So although we're hearing a lot about what Google and Microsoft are doing with OpenAI and BARD respectively, what can be done by, let's say, a player like Tempest, we are starting to evaluate and, and put people, resources onto AI to start to develop potential interactions or ad products or what have you. But as far as how that is leveraged within our existing search product, we, are, we aren't leveraging that today because really, honestly, it would be irresponsible to do so. And so it's, it's, it makes for great kind of PR fodder and it's interesting to talk about, but the implications or the applications of AI within a search context I'm not saying these are a long ways away. This isn't years. This is probably quarters. It's this technology is going to advance faster than anything we've seen before it. But there are not today responsible practical use cases where you can just plug AI and say, oh, we're we're utilizing AI in our search and it does this thing and it's and it's great. And it's so awesome. And oh, by the way, the privacy is no big deal. Because with AI coming to the fore now. Privacy is going to become a much, much more challenging thing to comprehend and to combat bad actors because the bad actor now is potentially a piece of software that has a level of intelligence that has never been seen before. And so how do you mitigate the risk around that? So it's it's somewhat of a, I suppose, a convoluted way of answering your question because those new technologies that are the most exciting need a lot of scrutiny and a lot of kind of deep understanding of the implications, especially as it relates to people's privacy, before they are put to use at scale within something like a search engine. Thank you. And you've touched quite a bit there, but that's, that is interesting and very much welcomed here. There's been a lot of buzz around some of the generative AI and chat GPT and so forth. And I, you're right. We need to proceed with caution, but leverage it whenever we can. So Sean, I appreciate your insights and opinion on that. Sean, last question here. Can you share something from your career experience that might be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either tech or entrepreneurship? I don't think that it is an oversimplification only because I've, I've gone through it enough times to know and versus just think that it is. I really believe that it comes down to not giving up and, and to being persistent and persevering in the face of adversity. You know, if I, if I look at my career trajectory and I, I, I'd be willing to bet you get the same answer from just about any person who has attempted to turn nothing into something in the course of their career is that you are going to face adversity. You are going to feel like a fraud and a failure at some point in time and probably more than just once. And so the key really is to find a way to keep going and persevere through those challenging times, which you can just boil it down to don't give up. But but I mean, it, it sounds almost silly and kind of trivial, but it really, I really do believe it comes down to that, that if you just keep on going and you keep finding a way to stay true to the things that are important to you, Success is there. It's it's an iterative process. It's not a blinding, you know, flash of light of greatness. That things just don't happen that way. So I would just say keep rolling, keep going, and and never give up if you if you believe in something. I think that's the best I can say to somebody. Thank you. And you're absolutely right. And your message resonates with our audience. And we hear that a lot. That's kind of a, I would say, a common thread in these discussions or these interviews, so to speak, about the you know, just being persistent and, and having that purpose to be able to muscle on through because some days it is hard and we all know that. So thank you, Sean. It was a pleasure having you on today and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. 
All right. Well, likewise, Brian, thank you for having me. I appreciate the time and uh, I look forward to seeing where this goes. Bye for now. Bye.